This month, the European Council votes on whether to confirm Georgia as a candidate to join the EU after it was recommended for candidate status in November. It's another critical moment for the former Soviet Republic of about 3.7 million people sitting between Russia and Turkey. This week, the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace described Georgia as moving towards Europe while retreating from democracy. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, Georgia became independent, and then in 2003, it had one of the early colour revolutions, when the Rose Revolution removed former Soviet Foreign Minister and then President Eduard Shevardnadze. Since then, like other former Soviet republics like Ukraine, Georgia's struggled with the tension between moving towards Europe and democracy and the ongoing influence of Russia, which also invaded Georgia in 2008. To discuss the situation in Georgia, we're joined now by the Executive Director of Transparency International for Georgia, Eka Gigauri. Eka, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thank you for having me. Eka, Freedom House calls Georgia partly free. Could you give us an overview of Georgia's current political system, who the main players are, and your assessment of the state of Georgia's democracy? Uh, okay, we are in a very complicated situation in Georgia. So from one side, uh, after we got the independence, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, we did many things in the country. And you have uh, rightly mentioned the Rose Revolution that we had in 2003, when the country managed to have uh, and implement a number of very important reforms, including the eradication of the corruption, which was uh, one of the biggest achievements uh, in our country and in this part of the world, I would say. But uh, when it comes to the independence of the institutions, so here we have the problems. And if we talk about the grand corruption and the abuse of the power, definitely it's happening in Georgia still. And uh, definitely we can see also some practices which uh, are copied even from the Soviet time. So that's why what we are saying is that, yes, we have some achievements in the country, but definitely there are so many things to do from our side. And that's why for us it's very important to move to the direction of the West, where we will try our best to implement more reforms uh, in our country. Eka, who is in government in Georgia at the moment and where does the current government stand in terms of that, that tension between the move towards Europe and democracy and not? The ruling party is called Georgian Dream. So they took over the power in 2012 when uh, Georgian voters voted out the previous administration, which, were very, which was very successful in, again, implementing the reforms against the petty corruption. But uh, the problem they had was that they could not ensure the proper checks and balances system in the country. And especially there were many concerns uh, about the independence of judiciary and the law enforcement agencies. So that's why I would say the, the voters voted them out and um, actually supported the Georgian dream. So the Georgian dream was uh, founded by Bidzina Ivanishvili. Uh, now we call him the oligarch who made his fortune in Russia 
I think at this moment, according to Forbes, like you know, six billion or something like this. So he's a very rich man and the richest person and the most influential person in the country. Now he does not hold any official position, but he's in charge of the appointments of the key ministers uh, uh, in Georgia. And apparently he's also in charge of deciding where the country should go to the direction of the EU or, or Russia. And because he has many links with the current Russian administration and very close uh, circle of Putin, because like, you know, his family members also having the, the businesses with Putin's uh, close uh, allies. So that's why there are questions, in fact, what are his desires um, and uh, what he wants for uh, Georgia. And this is very problematic. At the same time, why he can't openly and the ruling party can't openly say that we should go to the direction of Russia, because 95 percent of Georgian population supports the Georgia's integration into EU and NATO. And this step will be extremely unpopular uh, in Georgia. So that's why they can't say this openly. Thank you very much for that really clear explanation. But as you say, it shows that things are indeed complicated. Eka, when Georgia was recommended for candidate status of the EU last month, it came with conditions. What were those conditions? And I suppose more importantly, what do they tell us about the situation in Georgia currently? So the EU wants from Georgia and especially from the Georgian government and especially from the Georgian governmental officials not to be involved in disinformation campaign against the West. And there were a number of instances when the Stratcom of the Georgian government was involved in disinformation campaign against the West. Could you give us a, an example of the disinformation that has been happening in Georgia? So, for instance, the Georgian uh, officials are saying that the West uh, wants to drag Georgia in the war with Russia and for many Georgians to die during this war. Um, they question uh, the intentions of the Western countries, uh, which are uh, investing in democracy in Georgia. So um, they say that they intervene in Georgia's kind of sovereign issues like it is in, in Russia. So they wanted to adopt this so-called foreign agents law, which was adopted in Russia in, in many, many countries around the world when they wanted to uh, shut down the independent media and the civil society. So and now apparently it's very interesting that there is the investigation initiated by the um, secret services in Georgia against the partners of the USAID in Georgia, saying that the USAID is involved in uh, supporting the Kredetat um, in Georgia by supporting particular civil society organizations. So this is what is constantly happening in Georgia about the judiciary, which was uh, a, a big problem for many years, not only with, for this administration, but for the previous administration as well. Some of the judges are sanctioned here. Uh, there, there are the travel bans introduced by the State Department again against uh, several judges in Georgia. So uh, the elections, which are problematic always in Georgia, um, abuse of the state administrative resources, the vote buying, the intimidation, this is what we are observing during the pre-election period in Georgia. So, and this is also one of the conditions that was mentioned mm. um, in the commission's report. 
and involvement of different groups like NGOs and the opposition in different processes, you know, the reforms or some other uh, processes that might take place um, uh, in in Georgia. So this, these are like, you know, the main, main uh, conditions, I would say, that were outlined or emphasized by the by the commission all of which i suppose could lead one to wonder is georgia's progress towards candidacy for the eu more about positive changes within georgia or is it really more to do with the changing geopolitical circumstances and the fact that the eu might now be more keen to have uh, nations like georgia in its tent rather than russia's sphere of influence you know, I think that this is both. I think mm. that uh, for us as a citizens, like, you know, those who support Georgia's integration in the EU and NATO. So for us, it's very important. First, for our Western partners to look at the whole, like, you know, the, the development of the, of the country. Like, you know, again, maybe for several years, we are not lucky with our government. <laughs> but like, you know, the governments come and go, but the progress is there. And again, the progress is that you can't compare Georgia now with the Georgia of 19th. You know, it's a totally different country. We have the whole generation which was born in the environment where there was no petty corruption. And for them, it's something like, you know, that they can't understand that you have to pay bribe to get the, like, you know, the ID or register the land plot or like, you know, to register the company. So this is like, you know, this is something special that was not achieved by many countries in the area, right? So that's why I think that it's not that we did nothing during the 30 years of independence. So, and definitely we need the guide from the EU because when there is the light at the end of the tunnel, then like, you know, it's like, it's easier for the society in Georgia to push for the right reforms, push any government in this country to implement the particular steps and particular reforms to get the membership and to start negotiations on membership and all that. But from the geopolitical point of view, yes, we have a, a very strategic position. We are um, you know, the Black Sea country as well, and the Black Sea security is one of the uh, biggest issue for the EU and for the US as well. We are the country which managed to push back in some sense the Russia's influence, because Russia's wanted us to be the failed state, you know, they wanted us to never succeed in any of our reforms. And at some point we said that, no, we have our own way to develop. We want to, to move to the direction of the West and we don't care what you think, guys, about this. And this is why for us were was very important to implement those successful reforms just to show to everyone in the post-Soviet uh, regions, in the Soviet, former Soviet regions, that, you know, that it is possible to develop the country without having any relations with Russia. Although, like, you know, you, of course, should have some, some relations because they are, they are uh, our neighbours. That's really fascinating. Eka, thank you so much for setting all that out and for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. Thank you. That's Eka Gigauri, who's the Executive Director of Transparency International in Georgia. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.